everybody, uh, gather around. It's time to talk about Minecraft Story Mode. And I want to I get some ideas out there. What do you like the most about playing Minecraft? Anybody, speak up. Come on, come on, come on. Um, you can kind of build anything and create your own, you know, narrative. All right, so I'm not going to put that on the board. What else we got? Uh, crafting. Okay, great, great. So mm, I'm going to put that real small in the corner of the board. But we got all this blank space. What do you want to fill it with? What's your favorite? Come on, talk to me about Minecraft. Well, you get to actually, like, build things. Right, no. Like, I'm telling you, stop fucking bringing that up and just tell me what you like about Minecraft. I don't know, the fucking square guys? <sighs> they get look like square people? All right, people. okay, okay, great, great. So we're, so we're, so we're going to make a game that stars... Cube guy? Great, and they're going to... Build stuff and no, craft? No, you're not going to fuck! Get the fuck out of my office, you're fucking fired! You're fired! All right, everybody, we're going to make a story game with the square guys. Get to fucking work! We play, but mostly watch, Telltale Games' Minecraft Story Mode this week on How Did This Get Played? Welcome to How Did This Get Played, the show where we discuss the worst and weirdest video games of all time. I'm Nick Weiger, across from Heather Ann Campbell. Oh, hi, Nick. I'm across from Nick Weiger, beside Matt Apodaca. Hello, everyone. Hi, everyone. Boy, <laughs> love it. Still works in 2020. Our first episode of the new year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Heather, how are you? I don't want to get too... Boy, I guess we'll just maybe edit this, but I mean, you're recovering from some <laughs> yeah, no, procedure. So, so because it's uh, the first uh, podcast of the new year, yes. I've got two weeks left in this fucking brace. I had knee surgery, uh, and I can't wait to get out of this brace. And since we're not actually recording this the day you're hearing it, I'm looking forward to when this is the thing that I... I'm thinking and feeling. Mm, got yeah. it. All right. How are you, Nick? <laughs> uh, hey, I'm doing great. Great. I'm. I mean, I'm hanging in there. We're getting through the end of the year, and we're we're banking some records. But this will be our first episode of the new year. Um, and as such, <laughs> what this is true. We're yeah. getting through the year. We're banking some records. Yeah, that's what's yeah. happening. Okay, great. Um, that's where I'm at mentally. Uh, we've got a, a and I figured. Because of that, because of the circumstances, we're going to, for our, our, our regular segment, 70 Seconds in Gaming Heaven, which we spend before we descend into gaming hell, we are going to discuss our gaming New Year's resolutions, Matt, if you will start the clock. Oh, yeah. Sure. Right, you want to just go back and forth? Yeah, we can just go okay, back and great. forth. Okay, uh, great. I uh, resolve to finish Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, on the hardest difficulty setting. Whoa. I resolve, I, I'll, mine will be more general, I resolve to, before I buy a new game, I will finish a game. Like, so either whether it's the last game I purchased or whether it's a game from my library that I've never finished, I'm going to, I have. I must finish one to purchase one. Okay, uh, I am going to beat uh, The Last of Us Part 2 on the hardest difficulty setting. Why are you also, like, challenge-based? <laughs> That's my kind of year. Oh, okay. I'm setting up my perfect 2020. Hmm. Um, I resolve to beat Last of Us 2 on at least the easiest difficulty setting. <laughs> okay. Um, I plan to purchase the PlayStation 5. 
Whoa, how exciting, how aspirational. Wait, that's coming out this year? That's the rumor. Boy. 2020. Um, I plan to... Uh, oh, boy, I really just had the one preloaded. <laughs> you know what? I am going to pl- not check my phone Three, when I'm playing video games. Two, I'm just one. going to focus in the video that's games. It. Very good. Matt, do you have one? My uh, Mine's going to be for backlog management as well. Yeah. I, my backlog is so bad. And I like to I like to make way because on the Switch it's very easy just to acquire a backlog because you don't have to go anywhere you just digitally download all of them so there, my backlog is mostly on the Switch. Yeah, backlog is brutal. Yeah, there's just nothing you can do. Yeah, it'll never catch up. You could you yeah. could uh, fuck up your leg real bad and then you got all this time to play <laughs> video games. All get, of it. All right, I like to amend my resolutions. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this week's game is Minecraft Story Mode, which is based off of Minecraft, the biggest selling game of all time. It's a dialogue driven graphic adventure with some quick time events developed and published by. By Telltale Games and released episodically in 2016 and 2017 for multiple platforms. And to discuss this particularly unique weird game, a writer and producer and podcaster from Community, Rick and Morty, Harmontown, and Harmon Quest, Dan Harmon is here. Hi, Dan. Hey, everybody. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being <laughs> here. Do I seem do I seem beaten? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this game doesn't beat you or you you don't beat this game. This game beats you. Yeah. Um Dan, are you much of a gamer? Uh not as much lately right. as I have been historically. Historically I'm a, I'm a pretty huge gamer um starting from the first Resident Evil in when I'm in my twenties, you know, wasted right. my life away on a maple syrup bong and Resident Evil <laughs> in like my first uh, home that wasn't like uh, my parents, right? And uh, yeah, all the way forward to like the what are we on Xbox One? Yeah, yeah. Xbox One, <laughs> which comes after 360. Yeah. Um, it's getting a little confusing, and it, somewhere around in there, I started getting really into. I, I moved to a new house, and I I took on this new weird hobby of uh, audio video video uh, production. Okay. <laughs> so, um, so I, st- I kind of just the video games tapered off, but I still play Minecraft regularly. Right. So I, I, di- I did know this about you that you play a lot of Minecraft. Like, what is your Minecraft routine, and like how how many hours have you? Do you think you've sunk into it over the years? Uh, it's got to be. I mean, it's got to be close to. St- anywhere from it could be up to a thousand hours because I've been playing it for how long has it been out like a decade right over a decade possibly but yeah so I I have been playing it the entire time when I was playing it when it was in like beta right so um, uh, and and now I haven't played it every day since then my kind of macro routine is I'll I seem to play it for three months or so in in a sort of like weird um narcotic like addictive sort of like receding from the world at every at every available moment and kind of like and i play with mod packs okay um like feed the beast revelation is uh, is is what i'm playing right now as, as for those minecraft mod packers out there <laughs> they're curious i think it's just me and like seven ten year olds left but, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll i'll do it like just, just yeah just um freak out on it for like three months until i get aggressively bored with it and then it'll be like nine months and i'll always think every time like there's no way right. i want to come back to this uh, and then and then lo and behold i just I, I just do I, there'll, there'll be an update or something and i'll just I'll, I'll, i tend to do the same exact things over and over again i always start a new world and i just do the same basic sort of things i get to a point where i i can do whatever i want 
which is where you should start like doing design work and stuff. It's 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 almost like. It, it, and then at that point, I get I get incredibly bored. Like, right. Like, it would be like, oh, okay, now I'm supposed to build a pyramid out of gold and, like, like you know, use, like, chisels to, like, make everything look pretty. And then I'm just like, who cares how anything looks? It's, like, all very function over form for me. Um, like, like, it just get, gaining the ability to do everything right. is some kind of huge dopamine fix for me. And it, I, It's that raw progression. I have a similar thing because Minecraft never clicked for me, but StarCraft, or, I'm sorry, not StarCraft, uh, Stardew Valley, which is a derivative of Minecraft yeah. with some more narrative elements and that way, and some, some also some like dating sim relationship elements, which yeah. was enough to like, le- to like give me a world that I can seek into. It's a similar sort of thing where I played through that whole, that game a few times and, it, it is just it, yeah. Once you have everything, once you have enough resources to do anything, then it just sort of becomes like, well, what's the point? I, I think a lot that, of these building games are like that. Yeah, you, you know? get that eighth iridium sprinkler, and right? You're right now, like it is. It is such a funny, transparent thing because all it basically is is like uh, every single video game out there starts you at uh, not being able to do much and and you know batman walks this fast and jumps this high and has this many batarangs and which is just a way of saying look at all this crap you have to do with your joystick and then you you slowly graduate to this point where lo and behold you you're as powerful as a guy who's not playing the batman game it's, right it's funny to think that like maybe the batman does learn that much in that period of time. <laughs> like, like that there's a comic that starts with him being like, I'm Batman, I'm doing okay. And then he like does a rush of ability building. And by the end, yeah. he's like, you know what? I can jump like six stories now. I figured out how to carry more batarangs. <laughs> Finally walking faster. <laughs> uh, so you, I, and one thing I, 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 beyond, beyond your, your passion for Minecraft, uh, Harmon Quest, you are playing a pencil and play, a paper RPG on that. Did you have a lot of experience with that prior to the podcast? Oh, I had a lot of passion for it when Got I was, it. when I was a kid, but it, it like I, it, I when I was like 12, I played for a while with a group and then the dungeon master from that group sold me all his books for weed money and I bought them all because no one else wanted to play anymore. And I, so I was just that kid with all the D&D books and I would just design dungeons and no one would play with me. Oh, yeah. And I did that for a couple years. And then uh, when I was in when I went to high school, then I found another group that played Middle Earth role playing Merp and um, great dungeon master. And uh, we we were pretty consistent for a while. That, those were some of the best years of my gaming life. But that was all a lot of intensity packed into a sh- relatively short couple yeah. of years. You know, there's a lot of people out there that are way more into it and have been more consistent. Like, like you know, our friends at Nerd Poker and, right. and uh, all, half of the people on Twitch now. Like, the, the tabletop stuff has taken off so much, I feel like a huge poser now. <laughs> like, I don't really know how to play well. Have I talked uh, – I know I've mentioned that I LARPed on the podcast, but have I gone into depth at how intense the scene was? No, I, I mean, I know this a little bit, but you should tell our listeners. So, like, when I was in Chicago, when I was young, I, I was doing Vampire the Masquerade LARP. Uh, and this uh, group had rented out or owned a uh, space downtown, a full warehouse with multiple floors. And each level of the floor had, like, multiple sets. So there was, like, a bar, a library, an office, uh, you know, a, a dance club. Uh, uh, and they also owned the space under the warehouse. And so you could go into, like, abandoned sewers. Jesus. Uh, and <laughs> you would pay money to play. And there were basically DMs on each floor with walkie-talkie 
walkies, like the, the mouthpieces. And so if there was battle happening on another floor and you like every floor would freeze action and then they'd be like, hey, who has celerity? Who has psychic abilities? Uh, you know that 15 blocks away, there is a fight happening between these two gangs. Like, and It they sounds would, amazing. It was crazy fun. Um, and I went, I don't know, I had like a group of like five people, six people that we would go with. And it was incredible. The I don't know why people don't do that. Well, the only thing that I think, I think it's because the spearhead of, of, of LARPing is we just see these images of, of people in a forest throwing bags of birdseed that represent fireballs. And it's like, wait a minute, what? Like, like, right. like, like your, your, so your fireball ability is based on whether you as a role player can hit someone with a ball. And I think I, I, for, I'll speak for myself. It's like, I see that and I go, well, that's just an incompatible medium for, for something great. But when you, I never thought about like, oh, this is just a modern vampire role playing game. And it's like when you get the more it is about conversation, mm-hmm. like it's almost like a murder sure. mystery night. Yeah, or something. yeah. Like that sounds really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, yeah, I think the reason people don't do that is because of shame, because it is, it is, it is kind of, it's, I mean, like, I would be, like, cosplay, I, I'm like, okay, that that is one thing, but, like, the layer beyond, like, I'm pretending to actually be this character, that starts to get a little bit embarrassing for me, you know, and, like, I would, I think there are probably a lot of people who would be self-conscious about But you're, but you're an like improviser, that. it's just improv in a costume, it's yeah. just, a, like, a full improv night. I mean, I think it's pretty charitable to call me an improviser. <laughs> I know how to do improv on a technical level. Uh, but yeah, it's it's. I, I would feel self-conscious doing that, but a pencil paper RPG, not the same thing for me, or, or even, and I'm not someone who does cosplay, but I would be, be more comfortable like dressing up as Zangief or whatever, you know, like I could, I could handle that. Straight to Zangief. I went straight to Zangief, yeah. <laughs> Somebody make that fan art, please. <laughs> uh, so wait, so uh, you mentioned some, so you, were, you were LARPing, did you ever, have did you ever play any pencil and paper RPGs beyond that? Yeah, I think I've. I mentioned it on your show, Dan. I I, I had a friend who would um, draw uh, maps on the backs of lambskins uh, when we would That's play. Would we play D anD D? He also was the kind of kid who he had rich parents, and so he had like a full suit of armor in his house. Oh that God. was his wow. full suit of armor. Um, yeah, we lost touch after high school, so I don't know that guy anymore. But he's out there somewhere, probably. It's out there somewhere, and it wasn't Lambskin. The weirdest, you know, I I played a little Star Wars uh, uh, PNP. I played some some Cthulhu. I played some, uh, I messed around with GURPS a little bit. That was on the generic universal role-playing system to try to just sort of, you know, make some stuff of my own, which I never actually played with anyone. But the one I remember, and I can't find, I couldn't find the name of it. I played for a time with some friends a a role-playing game where you were American troops in the Vietnam War. Jesus and I, looking back, it was fucking uh, insane that we were doing this. Oh but your, your classes were things like, you know, were, just, were not military ranks, but they were like the kind of functional purpose in a, a you know, in a platoon or something like that. So my character was a pig man because that was like the, the slang for someone who would have like a big like Gatling gun or something oh like that. God. I don't, I remember very few details about this, but it's just, it, it was, it was a real, it's really strange that it was made. It's oddly jingoistic. Yeah. I, well, I, I, that had to that had to really uh, get 
today's definition of racist. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I'm certain. Yeah. Re- on a regular basis. Oh, yeah. I'm certain if I read back, went back and read uh, what the equivalent of the monster manual was, I'd be horrified. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there's Jesus there's different. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, God. All right. They have all got nicknames. <laughs> I guess I'm supposed to memorize these. <laughs> uh, so as someone who, you know, you, you, you do so much, you focus so much on, on, on narrative in, in your work and, and in your life. I mean, it's, 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 it's Director, but it's kind of your job. You are a storyteller. How do you feel about like? It seems like you're kind of gravitor. <laughs> it's true though. But well, I, mean, no, I, know. I think we're both laughing because yeah. we're. So you must love uh, Telltale Games, <laughs> uh, well, Minecraft. I, before we dug in on that, I was just gonna. I was. I mean, I because I do want to talk about that because this game is is bananas. But I like in generally, it's it's it seems like I'm inferring a lot. But you're gravitating towards games where you can kind of craft your own narrative. Yes. Am I correct in that? I would say that would be very correct. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I'm very much like I, I one of my one of my the things that makes me the saddest is that the economy of gaming is tending so much more towards multiplayer. Mm, yes, um, because I understand the appeal for everyone else. But I truly like one of the chief things that I'm gaining from sandbox games, open world games is the solitude. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, I and, and the just the the the, the numbness relative to the outside world entering a realm where everything is consistent um you do this much you get this much reward you don't do the same thing twice unless you want to um you know that's that's the big thing with minecraft is that i i love i i think that's why minecraft is my will always be my favorite game is because with all these mod packs and stuff it's just like it sets you loose in this total open world and yeah you kind of create your own side quests because right. you just you just go well i want a jetpack and so i'm gonna need this much shit to make that jetpack which is going to be this hard to find unless i have this kind of equipment and you just sort of like backtrack and you know, well i'm gonna make this robot that mines for me so that i can more quickly locate the resources i need to make that jetpack and you're kind of like yeah you're making all your little side quests by yourself and then this like huge rush of the, the 20th time you run to grab a bucket of water because you need it to to craft something. And then you finally just go, you know what? I'm going to stop here. Forget everything that I'm in the middle of doing so hectically because I'm just going to automate the process of bringing water into, right. my, mm-hmm. into my base. And and that, that satisfaction is so – now I'm getting that from the – from like – woodworking YouTube videos like I'm now okay. I'm, now I'm bu- ordering power tools and I had a I had a huge uh, g- glut after playing Minecraft story mode today <laughs> <laughs> I went to the hardware store and bought eight two by fours it was like <laughs> I, was, I had this tantrum of like I know I need to for real craft and <laughs> that's how much I was deprived and taunted by this game but but anyways yeah it's the, it's the same kind of dopamine spike it's like uh, yeah that idea of like oh you're gonna you know, let's let's uh, for, before we get started in woodworking, the first thing we're going to make is our own hammer. We're going to make right. our own table. And it's just like such a rush. You know, it's like, OK, now we've made a table and we're going to be using that table for the next seven years to make other shit on, mm. starting with a hook to put our hammer on. And all. it just it just feels so like you're building yourself like some kind of 
God that was, you know, born without permission. I love it. Have you uh, watched the YouTube channel Primitive Technology? Mm-mm. You should. It's So it's a guy who's out in the middle of nowhere and he is going through all of the stages of human history with Ugh. inventions. So he started in like the Stone Age and made all the tools. And there's it's just him. It's silent. It's him with a camera in the middle of nowhere, and he, like, makes the first tool, which was, like, a way to start fire oh, faster. he doesn't even talk? Doesn't talk. I, I love all these YouTube videos for woodworking where they, they a lot of them I, – I don't mind the ones that talk, too, because they're maybe saying important stuff. But I, there's, a, there's a, a lot of just, like, guys that they – they they just set their camera up and mm-hmm. then they they make a table out of two by fours and they run it at eight times speed and you just watch you yeah. can watch mm-hmm. a three minute video of a guy making a table in an hour and you're just like I, I maybe it's part of it's like you're a little kid watching your dad and you're just like oh 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 I don't know sorry I interrupted you no but no like, no that yeah. idea that that guy's out there doing that with like flint and yeah he's like he's made a kiln and then once he has a kiln he can make bricks so then he upgrades his house. And he's just, over the last years, years, he's been going from, like, he might be in the Bronze Age now. Oh, that is so, that, 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 that kind of just sounds like the meaning of living. <laughs> <laughs> that really does sound, because I keep thinking myself, like, I'm like, okay, I'm 46, I'm about to turn 47. Well, this is this is airing, I'm 47. Um, but... Uh, I yeah, I keep thinking like, oh, wood is a gateway to because I I'm eventually then I'll like upgrade and like get a welder's mask and like oh maybe I'll make my own hinges or something. It was like that idea of like, do you ever watch? You know, Jeff's uh, our friend Jeff Davis is obsessed with that show, uh, uh, Forged in Fire. I have not seen it. This is the sword making sh- yeah. show. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Do they make prop swords but real? Or is uh, that a different thing? Yeah, they make they make functioning edged weapons. Do they? But like, do they make like? Link's sword from Zelda. Oh, uh, they, they made, I don't. I haven't seen the show. Mm. They, uh, maybe, okay. <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe they have special episodes. Where they're like Spider Man's coming out. Uh, I want you to forge a web shooter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I feel like we stumbled upon a podcast format. Bring up a show that we vaguely know about. <laughs> try to figure out what it is, and then watch an episode and see how close we get. But this guy that's doing this out in the woods is he. Is he a gamer? Is, is, is he equating it with gaming? I don't, I haven't read any. So I've been watching the videos for a while. And he also put out a book, which is like, I I collect, um, I collect books in case society collapses. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, and I've also thought about, cause I'm going to get, I'm going to get tattoos next year. That's Ooh. another uh, big thing. For Whoa. Me. In case society collapses. Uh, well, I was thinking that I would get uh, reversed some significant formulas tattooed so that I'm the only one who can read them unless you like cut off my skin oh, and hold it up to a mirror. Gunpowder. Yeah, that I would always know how to make gunpowder. Because <laughs> it'd be written on my body. <laughs> that's that's a very stealable, like p- post-apocalyptic indie movie. Yeah. Like detail. Well, that's, I'm, so I'm thinking about, but he bought You're going to see that in some shitty Guy Ritchie movie. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> like, like, where, where this girl like goes into her, her hideout and then it's just like all show, don't tell. And she like, yeah. Take opens her blouse and like, uh, there's like, how to make a slingshot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love that it's backwards so you can see in the mirror, yeah. but then everyone else is like, oh, what's. 
<laughs> What's this backwards <laughs> potassium? <laughs> but so he's got a book and it's uh it's primitive technology, the book. Uh this is not the sort of thing we ever talk about on this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's kinda nice. Cool. I gotta write this down. And this, then he's this, got uh, uh YouTube thing. And then he's got a YouTube channel and he's built every I mean he, it's so satisfying to watch. That sounds rad. Um Primitive technology. Yeah, primitive yeah. technology. Uh, well, the the pretty much the inverse of <laughs> <laughs> getting to create your own thing from scratch is the experience of playing through the uh, through Minecraft story mode. Uh, this game has sixty seven percent on Metacritic. <laughs> oh my god! About five hundred k sales for season one. Uh, season two really tapered off fewer than hundred k. Released episodically as Telltale Games was wont to do back in the day. Uh, I will say the. The, the, an interesting detail about this, be, because uh, Telltale shut down in November of 2018, they removed the game from all digital stores. It is still playable on Netflix, correct? Yeah, they, you, they compiled it into a movie with limited interaction, like yes. Bandersnatch, oh. and you can play, quote-unquote, play it on Netflix. Which oh. I imagine is, is basically identical <laughs> to the experience of playing it on a console. Yeah. I, but somehow just even more, <laughs> yeah. like, I, that's, that's like a... Uh, weird like uh, a gun that they're shooting the audience in the face with but it's the barrel is also facing them (laughs) it's just like yeah look how shitty our game was it could be the world's shittiest movie that's how shitty it is Um, so one one thing because of how Telltale shut down and then they basically lost the rights for all their their all pretty much all their games were licensed from other properties and and, uh, clearly this one it was from from Mojang Uh, because the Xbox Live Microsoft Marketplace, rather, does not allow for removing games from sale while at the same time allowing existing users to download the game. They did a workaround where each episode of the game's Xbox 360 version was repriced to $100 (laughs) (laughs) to deter users from purchasing them. Oh, my God. That's great. Uh, Uh, They could have made it 10. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we all had to get physical copies of this game in order to play it. I got the Xbox One version. I was in a panic. So I got the Switch version, and then... I was it wasn't arriving so I had to prime overnight myself a different copy from Amazon and the only copy was 80 bucks and I was like you got it. this fucking sucks yeah. for this game yeah um so I, I we we should acknowledge that the the cast includes a lot of uh, very funny uh, great people uh, the voice actor you know Patton Oswald is the male lead uh Brian Posehn has a big supporting role there's a bunch of like people from uh, you know that that you know from from any comedy. It seems like they very much approach kind of the Lego Movie you right. know, model, and it, 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 the dates line up with it. It was clearly inspired from the 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 Lego Movie in terms of kind of being this meta take on uh, this existing world. The voice acting isn't the problem. No, it's not the problem at, at all. all. No, yeah, like, the voice acting is as charming as it, as it could possibly be. Yeah, well, it's part of it. It is partly a problem because we're friends with Brian and Patton, and so while you're playing this game, you're like, plus my. Plus, they're trapped in there. (laughs) I do want to speak out a little bit in defense of Telltale Games because I do like 
in particular, The Walking Dead and also the, the, Wolf of, the Wolf Among Us. I really like those games, and I think they're really good. I think you know, and we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about this a little bit. I, I'm sure as as we we talk through this uh, specific game, but I feel like they kind of spiraled into this cycle of just like you, reusing the same formula at a quicker and quicker pace with an increasing number of of licensed intellectual properties. Yeah, and it just got so stale, and this is like as stale as it gets. I think by this point in the process, yeah, one gets the feeling that the true the only villain in this story is the are the guys that don't they're not they they, they weren't the visionaries they weren't the uh creatives at all right they're, it was some deal that got made that had to do with licensing it was based on some decision about value of property and runway and things like that you talk about in board meetings because if you think about it from the consumer's perspective in any kind of Tom Hanks in big way, like like where you're just like <laughs> where you think about what people would want. It's right. like the dumbest. It's it's such a it's such a non-starter. Yeah. Because Minecraft is f- form over function. Yes. And 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 I played that Walking Dead game that from Telltale, and I I before I stopped playing it, I thought well, this is a valiant. I, I don't want this genre to die. Yeah, because we we can't make computers simulate reality yet enough for you to get a fully immersive story. So as long as your writers are good enough, maybe I would want to. You know, like it's like uh, Heavy Rain or yes, uh, yeah. You know, like I, there there are, I, I, people should keep pushing in that direction, yeah. right? Until we create like uh, neural net computers that are able to. Do both. Like you can be Batman and the play quality can be fun. Plus, actually, you can literally do stuff and it's like actual reality. I really hope we get there in our lives more than anything. I think we're close. I think that like both like Magic Leap and AR and VR and stuff. I really hope I didn't mean to interrupt you. I just got really fucking excited. (laughs) I feel like we're going to be so old and it'll be a weird thing, but I think that that'll be like a huge audience too. It's Mm -hmm. like old gamers. Like, yeah, I think about that all the time too. I'm like, please, before I die, can I just like put on a little silver headband from brainstorm and like, just experience like an actual role playing mm-hmm. thing where I'm just like, oh, I'm the king of the elves and I'm on my throne and people come to me and go like, hey, give us that. And I could say whatever the fuck I want. And they actually <laughs> react to it. They could just live a whole life and grow a garden of elf herbs in the backyard. I'm like, you just have this different life. I right. mean, like, I, I would, I, can that just happen before we uh, check out? You Please. Know? Um, but, yeah. uh, but yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, I don't, I, but, but, the, but that, that's why the, it's like, but applying that to Minecraft is comedically insane. It's really, because it's Minecraft really is garbage to look at. That's the point. It's punk rock. It's like, everything's a cube. Everything is not designed to look good. And now, so now you're taking that function over form, uh, uh, world and you're playing this by the way no more function right yeah. like, like okay so it's nothing it's you're like, just stuck in nothing it's like a big f- movie that takes place inside of a staples oh. and like everything is like <laughs> it's like man I, I've always the, the, the part of it for me is that you don't look at those characters and be like, "What? What is their story?" Oh my god! Sure. In the same way, you wouldn't look at a paperclip and be like, "I really wish this guy had an adventure." That's not to say that you can't write an adventure that works for that paperclip, like uh, Brave Little Toaster. But it's not. I mean, nobody was. Yeah. It's almost. It's an extra knee in the nuts 
I, I think they thought it was clever, the meta quotient, but it's that's actually just another knee in the nuts because they're big fans of Minecraft right. in this story. They're not big fans of killing creepers or growing trees. They're big fans of Minecraft, mm -hmm. the, 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 these characters. They want to play Minecraft, and <laughs> you have to sit there locked out of a candy store and hit the A button <laughs> lest you get made fun of for waiting too right. long to hit the A button. And when you hit the A button, they build a hut, which you could walk over to your laptop and do in right. the most successful video game of all time, Minecraft. <laughs> Uh, it is. It is. I, I texted Heather that it's like it's like watching a porno movie about a plumber that goes over to a sexy lady's house and the camera stays on the plumber while he <laughs> he fixes the sink and talks to the sexy lady about a porn movie they both love. <laughs> and you've got your pants around your ankles and you're watching it and you're just like, this movie hates me. <laughs> Uh, so the game begins with a standard telltale disclaimer. This game adapts to the choices you make. The story is tailored by yeah. how you play, <laughs> which for me is yeah, it's, it's eerie. It is, yeah. The issue with the with I think, and I think this is a product that is rushed development. Is there are clearly areas where it's like they're trying to give you the illusion of a decision, oh but God. really your dialogue options are so lateral that it's all guiding you towards the same yeah. path. And it's the same thing every time. Yeah. There's a notification in the corner, so it's like uh, for it's, it's someone will come up to you and go, "Hey, do you?" You want to eat a hot dog or a sandwich and you you, you just you can you can also it lets you know you can also let it lapse and not right. choose and uh no matter what you do it's like it, it, it it'll that'll be the same identical notification it'll say like uh petra will remember this emily will remember the yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's like what why <laughs> it, 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 it's, it's such an adequate simulation of like midwestern social anxiety right. i was like yeah i know everyone remembers everything <laughs> what's the point Wait, i don't know what you mean you think gotta, of petra's internal life that like later on that day she's just thinking about man it's weird that he got a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> that would be amazing if it paid off <laughs> Sorry, in, the, in, the, in the sixth episode, <laughs> yeah. of, if it turned out to be the most sophisticated game in the world, where it was just all this amalgam, it like, it was like, like, like this. Oh, there's only one version of this story where it's like, here's that sandwich you said you wanted. Yeah, and remember when you told me to be friends with that guy? That's why I'm giving you a bucket of shit. And like, and, and the whole thing was like, holy shit, they made five thousand versions of the narrative. Right. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. There was a there was a, a notification that popped up for me that was no. Nobody will remember this. <laughs> I'm not serious. I'm not yeah, totally serious. Like, yeah. like, there's some decision you make, and it's like comes up in the corner. It's like nobody will remember this, which is an additional <laughs> layer of like anxiety. Because yeah. already, when you have a conversation with somebody, you feel that like, oh god, don't say anything that's going to upset anything in the world. But then there's also the second voice in your head that's like, nobody cares. Yeah, right. Stop talking. <laughs> And so both of those things are satisfied by this nightmare oh, of a game. Yeah, yeah, just reminding you, by the way, you're wasting your time. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody Simulating <will> <laughs> anxiety. Nobody will remember this is underneath my uh, high school yearbook photo. <laughs> <laughs> and also on your tombstone. And also my tombstone. <laughs> Nobody will remember this. I can't believe it. It's very they, grim. They yeah. set themselves up. That's like that's like making an $80 million movie and calling it like uh, something that rhymes with sh shitty movie. <laughs> like just to tee up the reviewers. <laughs> uh, we so uh, we, we apparently we did we found out that that the so there's Jesse can be who's your main character you can be either male or female the male voices is 
uh, is Patton, as we mentioned. I'll I'll, uh, I'll actually had the female voice in front of it's, me, uh, but it's Jared Catherine Leto. Ta- weirdly, <laughs> yeah. it's so weird. It's Catherine Tabor. Catherine Tabor. So apparently, the the female character was added pretty late in development. Yeah, which is it's it, it's I, I guess they you know it's nice that 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 option is available. Did Especially- you guys wonder the same thing I did where I was like, geez, I wonder if the it, it, the not that the transgender community speaks with one voice and has one thought, but I was just wondering, like, you could spin that either way, right? You could be like, bravo for, uh, oh, yeah, you pick uh, a pansexual name. Yeah. And then you can, uh, like, or, or, but you could also be like, yeah, the whole point of it is that you have to be a boy or a girl. It's when still you a gender you binary, yeah. You could have just been, like, an androgynous, like, Minecraft character yeah. with a block for a head. <laughs> right. <laughs> Jesse. Right. It, it, yeah. It all well, okay. So, because we there was a, a, a person involved in development who reached out to us with some of this stuff, and they were like, "Yeah, we added this female character late in the game, and uh, that some of the QA problems were that like you'd be playing the game and the voice would drop out and be replaced with the male voice, and like you'd have to like suffer through the rest of the game that way." But it, as a, it's not that hard to just. Why was it, why late in the game were they like, <laughs> you know, half of the Minecraft people are women or or maybe not. Maybe it's like 20%. But it just seems. I would guess it has a higher female player base than a lot of games. I would assume That's my so, assumption. right? I'd, I'd assume so. So it seems crazy that you'd be like, let's capitalize on Minecraft and make it into a soap opera, but not include a female player <laughs> character. It just seems crazy. Yeah. Uh, I will say that there is there is a character who is the the one bright light in this, which is Reuben the pig. Yes. I really enjoyed that <laughs> little blocky pig. Reuben is a kind of ham sandwich. Yeah. He- <laughs> <laughs> well, it took me a while to get that. <laughs> did you guys get far enough? How far in did you get? I finished episode one uh, of season one, and then I was just like, I get this. I don't. I know the telltale oh, okay. formula. I don't want to dig through so all this. Better. Yeah, that's <laughs> when I stopped, and I went and bought lumber. Yeah. <laughs> episode six of season oh my one. God. Oh my god! Oh my god! Wait, what? is uh, I think it's six has. Oh my god. Uh, the death of the pig, and it is not an option. Are you oh my kidding me? God. It is not a choice. It is the pig. The pig. The the. It's like killing the fucking Holy dog. Shit. Like the pig dies. That's so dark. It's so dark. How does it die? It falls into a pit. Like so it might come back. I don't believe it does. I mean, I've only read ahead, but I don't think the pig ever comes back. Well, I guess I guess if the you know we only there were only eight episodes, they're never going to make any more. They only made three episodes of season two out of a planned five. So I guess that yeah, that's just fi- there's just finality there. One of the Ruben is canonically dead. One of the uh, did you pick up pork when it when it yes yeah okay you so. It, it injured your inventory. <laughs> two, two pieces. When of they pork. were when they were testing it, apparently that was not an unintended laugh. Is oh. like the tragic death of the pig, and then it becomes inventory. Pork in your inventory. I did have questions about tonality there. I was like, who's the audience here? Because it feels like beyond a little kid's game. Like, yeah, it, it feels like almost like a three-year-old's game. But there's no such thing as a three-year-old's game, and especially not one where. Um, 
uh, just to rattle off the off the top of my head, uh, the guy gets shot in the you know people get shot in the arm. You get hit in the right. arm with an arrow. Uh, uh, the guy the, the mm-hmm. butcher is gonna kill your pig friend with an axe. Uh, uh, your lesbian friend Petra like takes you into a cave and shows you a wither skull. Um, like it's, it's all this idea of like like oh I've got the skull and I'm gonna like I don't know. It's like it, it seems like it's for kindergartners the game. It yes and yet. I wouldn't want a kindergartner to play it because it's about murder and uh, uh, violence and stuff. I, I don't mean to sound like a mamby pamby, but I'm just saying like I'd either – who's this game for? I, I think that's part of the issue because the gameplay is so simple and, you know, the, there's a lot of the, – the, the, even even on the, the by Telltale games, the, the gameplay sections are – very restrictive. It's like it's like you don't have a lot of time to just sort of like look around and have some, you know, like I'm just going to walk around for a bit right. and just sort of explore this. What you you advance the narrative pretty quickly, inevitably, and then all of a sudden you're in a different cutscene. You're absolutely punished if you do it. Regularly places you. Almost as if it's like doing math homework. Like it's like, right. well, we all know you crave playing a video game. So here's another one of those points where you ha- you get to look around and walk wherever you want. Yeah. But I found uh, I always just I just kept making a beeline straight forward. And sure enough, that takes you to the next. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could like tape the joystick forward. For those moments, and that would be, and then you'd be watching a shitty movie on Netflix. <laughs> right, <laughs> it's so a, linear. Yeah, go I on. had a bad. Uh, when I play video games, if like a cutscene is boring, I won't skip them, but I will pick up my phone and I'll like look at Twitter or something. And I kept having the instinct during this game, and often would like be playing, and there'd be like they'd be fucking talking, and I'd like pick up my phone and like flip to Twitter real quick, and then I'd look down, and they and the characters would be like, "Well, you're not going to say anything," Ugh. and I had just missed. <laughs> some prompt that's right. how I ended yeah. up being the no names yep I was the no names too because uh, I was texting you this <laughs> game is awful <laughs> but yeah it's a uh, <sighs> Yeah, that's your. You pick your team name. I forgot. I picked one of the options. I forgot which one I picked. Yeah. Um. The the uh, yeah. Because because again, they're all uh, some of the options are so lateral. And is Endercon like an actual con or is it the name of the town? I was so confused. They I, say Endercon. A I lot. think it's a take on just convention culture in general. Right. Because they wanted to somebody somebody pitched the idea of the meta ness, you know, nerd culture and stuff. But Endercon is really just a place you go to to to. And it just turns Minecraft into Stardew Valley in yes. a sense where it's like, oh, you're, yeah, it's a competition. I mean, it but it's not even that because like like to what you were saying earlier, the the the, you know, it, they're quick time events to do any building in this game. There are some some moments where you kind of get in front of the the crafting table and you can do right. some actual crafting. Even that is pretty limited. Uh, but but most of the time it's like you're going to build a house. So you're just going to mash the B button, you know, as fast as you can. And then you'll watch this thing sort of auto build. It's like one of those QTEs that's like impossible to fail basically even the combat like the and again i I played i played episode one so maybe the the in difficulty ramps i'm guessing it doesn't much but it's just like it's just so like it's such a dodge left did you die at all no i know yeah i I did actually manage to die okay (laughs) uh when the uh wither storm was uh oh right attacking and we're fleeing to the temple where we're going to go through the nether portal uh, for the first time. And I, yeah, I was just sort of like <laughs> not paying attention. Right. And I, I ran into a thing that I wasn't, and it says you died. 
and then it, and then you just click the A button and it starts you over. Right. It very much reminded me kind of of Space Ace for anybody. Oh yeah, who's, yeah. right. Yeah. Like it was like like, but it's like again that was. 1983, and even those people understood that if you're going to remove more agency than Pac-Man gives you, mm-hmm. you owe them Don Bluth animation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, just to see, like, the payoff can't be that I'm going to watch this blocky character uh, gallop over a hedge. Yeah. It's right. like, that's not, like, fun. Like, I wanted to see, like, a guy stick a fucking... A sword in a dragon's the uh, in a dragon's mouth or something. Get some I, God of War shit. I also I so I, another remarkable thing about what we're saying is that the volume of work that this represents God. the pages and pages and pages of For script, sure. the 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 branching dialogue, like all having to be recorded three times at least uh, in the booth. Can you imagine over and, like Brian like, Posehn in a VO booth and like some engineer going like, "Hey, we didn't quite get the word tuna there." And, that, and and now with the benefit of hindsight, like can you uh, uh, like like and it's like 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 he was just speaking into a void. Yeah, right. Like a notification should have come up on his day that said nobody, <laughs> nobody it, will remember. Nobody this. will remember. This. <laughs> but I mean, like it's it's so it when I when I see something like like if you play if you play like. I don't know, fucking techno cop. You're mm-hmm. like, you're like, techno okay, cap. this was this was like five t- five months to two years of work at most, right? Right. Like from ground up. But with this, I'm like, I mean, this represents like years in the booth, years, like yeah. physical <laughs> years right. in the booth, just alone without like the 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 script. You'll see like a photo of like a script for a video game, and it's like, you know, it looks like. Trump's taxes, right? Like the big brick. Yeah, of, I watched. Yeah. The, I watched the credits, and I would it, would it be too much of a digression though to say, like, for example, what's what's a game that really impressed us in that oft tried area, which is the site, the illusion of of uh, of sandbox in a branching narrative. My answer would be Witcher Three. Like I was so impressed by right. the romantic uh, kind of branch like thing. I, I I don't know if they just knew that guys are pigs and go like <laughs> a really specific path of least resistance and like you're gonna you, you're gonna like kind of feel negged by the by the brunette and tend toward the redhead and maybe 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 that's how they succeeded it was that it was that narrative was totally on rails and uh, but it my the illusion for me while I was playing Witcher 3 was like holy crap I'm like watching a movie but playing this cr- this awesome ass like open world um combo t- attack game where like going and finding doing whatever I want yeah and, mm-hmm. and then there's all these cut scenes where the whole point of it isn't uh now mash a really fast at the right time or crocodile man's going to kill Spider-Man at the present time. It was just more like in those cutscenes, it was all about role playing. And it was about like, are you going to neg this person or are you going to acquiesce or are you going to like be jealous or are you going to, and then the results of those things would have these kind of, they wouldn't really affect gameplay, but they right. affected the soap opera of your relationships. Um, I feel, I mean, a recent example, and this is on my mind because I've been playing it, but The Outer Worlds, a, a, a an RPG from Obsidian that that I that I really really enjoy. But they have in the first half of the game, there's a decision you're making where you're basically deciding, and it, it, it's like you know, it feels like an actual choice. It feels like an actual moral decision. You have like this one community that's kind of. 
you, you have one community that's kind of like this this uh, hyper capitalist um uh, you know, dictatorship where where you know everyone is under the thumb of this corporation, and then you have this splinter group that is kind of uh, you know uh, that is operating on their own. They're just foraging. They've created their own community, and you're deciding who you're going to route power to of like one of these two choices, knowing kind of the other community will die. And like you know, the choice is actually a thing that actually that has consequence. Like you're either going to destroy one or two of these communities, both of which are inhabited by people that are like oh real people that you can relate to and that you have some sympathy. For for. I, I mean, I think that was that's that's pretty that was pretty satisfactory. It's pretty satisfactory in terms of how they executed that. But yeah, it is a thing that a lot of times it is just a it, it is just artifice. It is just like these are superficial choices that you're making. That feels like every choice in this, even when it's like, do I run or do I fight? You try to run and just like, oh, the way's blocked. I got to fight. You know? Yeah. yeah, I knew I knew when I had a choice, for instance, when you're uh, a uh, on that bridge mm-hmm. in what turned out to be the cold open. Yes, right, yeah. In the, in the, in the, in the first yeah. chitney punch that that game deals you, you're like, this migraine has, is all happening before the opening yes. titles. Like, oh, like that 25 was, minutes that in. That was yeah. your James Bond, uh, <laughs> like opening his parachute with the, <laughs> the British flag on it. <laughs> like the first time I had a branching ending was the first time for me that I like it was either Chrono Trigger oh yeah that's a good or, one or Silent Hill 2 where I was like wait so there's a different ending if I did different stuff I mean, there wasn't any like real role playing interactivity to it but like you you got a sense of like one of the things that this game really hits me with is I f- I'm a fear of missing out. Like I'm constantly mm. like, Oh, f- did I do the right fucking thing at any of these given, mo- um, but this one also but that had to f- yeah, bottleneck. Quickly. Yeah. It bottlenecks really fast in this one, but with games that have fully blown different endings, like with Chrono Trigger, yeah. if, you, if you miss something, I don't know, a third into the game, you get a different ending than you do. If you, mi- you get that thing. There's like 17 different endings. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, the an early one for me, and this was poorly executed, but Castlevania two Simon's quest, which sucks. But the, the ending of that, like I remember beating that as a kid and then I got the bad ending and I was so frustrated because it was so <laughs> opaque in terms of what you're supposed to do for the good or the bad ending. <laughs> so like I just beat Dracula and I'm feeling triumphant. And then like Simon like goes to like his wife's grave and then like collapses and dies. <laughs> <laughs> the weirdest one I ever played was uh, this that horrible fucking Blade Runner game. <gasps> oh, yes. Uh, I don't know what the hell I accidentally did. I feel like I walked up to the jukebox and hit it like Fonzie or something. But like I spent a couple of hours playing that game. I went down into a basement, down a ladder. There were weird deformed conjoined twins typing in a computer i they were in the middle of some exposition and i i think i hit a button wrong mm-hmm. so my character pulled out a gun and <laughs> shot them in the head and they died and there, i remember the char- my the voiceover from my character going what a difference a day makes <laughs> and the game didn't end but it was like I think I won. <laughs> I won the game. I, I, I was like the best Blade Runner because I just shot 
this, I, 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 it was so confusing. I, I, I did not understand what I was I was supposed to do. I, I, that game sucked. I still have my CDs from that game. Yeah, that uh, came out in Tiger, 1987. Tiger Burning up. Bright. Yeah, I still, and, and now that I have a Windows XP laptop, I bet I could run it. It was such a hyped game, I remember. I didn't actually uh, play it, but everyone was like losing their minds over it. The I was up. so happy. I would just turn it on and go to his apartment and then leave the lights on uh, from that. I, to- I love that too. I mean, I, that, that, I, that that like I remember I had a moment like that in Grand Theft, Grand Theft Auto Three, where it was like I don't know just like these weird like epiphany moments where all of a sudden the game just like like I remember in the middle of some random mission like at the mafia Don's house but and then I just like walked out from behind I walked out of his house after he gave some cutscene mission and then walked out to behind his house and the sun was setting and there were seagulls chirping and cars in the distance and I all of a sudden my brain just exploded that I was like you can do anything you want in this game. And it's, it's, it's like a different reality. Like my character never speaks because it's GTA 3. And uh, I don't know. And it was like that. I remember because I remember, they had the Vangelis soundtrack. Yeah. And you could go to your apartment and go out on the balcony and yep. drink a martini and yep. look at the dark future. It was such a loaded yeah. promise, though. It was, yeah. like, it was like It was like they were like. I think they built the game from that outward. Well, that game was real time. So if you missed a decision, you could never fix it. Like if you weren't at. That's tough for a graphic adventure. Yeah. If you weren't at like the Chinese noodle place Mm -hmm. at the moment that this character was there, you'd miss it. And there was no going back. Mm -hmm. Is it possible that game was somehow doing something right that and and, and like we misunderstood it because we weren't. It's kind of Majora's Mask. No. Well, maybe. Yeah. Except you, you're not actually you're in that sense. You you can still like have another go at it because you get to replay the day endlessly, right? Hmm. Or the seventy two hour span. Uh, well, hey, we should uh, we should get to our final thoughts on Minecraft story mode. It's time for the review crew. <laughs> final thoughts. <laughs> what a difference a day makes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so we'll each go around, say something positive, give the game a numerical decimal rating. Uh, I'll I'll start, and I will just say that I think the main title music is pretty good. Unbelievable! It's your fucking default. <laughs> yeah, like oh, my title music. <laughs> oh my god! I liked it. I started up as like, okay, this might be okay. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, that was where it peaked for me. Um, but you know, I I don't you know I I have a lot of sympathy for the developers at Telltale, and I think they they had a tough task here, and I don't blame any of them for this. Uh, but I will. I did not enjoy myself at all, and I think <laughs> I, I since I played one episode of the first season, I'm going to give this a 1.1. Um, okay, go ahead, Heather. Uh, I really, so this is just a programming thing. I really liked that you could switch between uh, controller. I played it on the Switch. Yes. And you could pl- switch between controller input or touchscreen input by just touching either the controller or the screen. So like the dialogue branches were really, really, really tiny on the Switch and you couldn't really read them, so I would like touch the screen, and then you—they'd become like it would just a, like an iPhone. Oh, that's game. nice. And that was a really nice bit of programming that I wish I. W- so one of my problems with the Switch is that like when I'm in a store, in a Switch in game in a game, 
on the Switch, if I'm in a store and there's menu options, I should be able to touch the options. And it's crazy to me that, that, mm, that that's not nice. like default. And this game was default with that. So uh, I give this game a 0.7. God, that never bothered me before. And now that you said that, it's all I'm going to think about when I'm playing Switch games. Yeah. Um, all right, Matt, what do you think? Uh, well, I love, I, I, I do love the Telltale Walking Dead. I've played the Batman one, the Guardians of the Galaxy one. They're all obviously just like uh, licensed IPs. Uh, the Guardians of the Galaxy one made me cry, which was wow. insane. It's such a good, uh, I only played one chapter of it, I think, but it was really good. Um, my positive thing for this one will be this quote after, after Ruben meets his untimely fate, Petra says, he was a great pig. <laughs> you, you played that part too. Yeah, and uh, it's it's. I think that's just a great a great eulogy for a wonderful character. He's a great pig. I, I hope someone says that at my funeral. <laughs> uh, all right, Dan. Something positive and your numerical score. Uh, there's two positive things I can think of. One, one's real kind of minor but nuance in, in, in the realm of these games where you're put upon as the user to like oh you get to choose what you say next just conversationally I thought there was a, I don't know how many games do this and I think this is a telltale games thing they had an understanding of um, I, I guess the way I described it is like L cutting conversation dynamics mm. so that um, uh, instead of uh, the traditional thing where uh, all eyes turn to you for your response and there's weird, uncomfortable silence um, uh, uh, and, and and maybe some ancillary things of people going, well, aren't you going to say something? Right. Um, While well, you get a soda and, and some pepperoni or whatever. Um, I thought it was cool that they, they like, um, someone would say like, hey, you have to choose whether you want a pizza or a hot dog and then as your interface came up to choose pizza, hot dog, or no choice, there would be a a, a, a dangling, like, uh, conversative mm. uh, uh, overlap thing there where the person would say, like, because you never know, you know. Oh, uh, right, yeah. You, you might get hungry later or you might uh, – that they, they continue so that the silence that of you getting to choose what you're going to choose, um, uh, which it's actually closer to how the human brain works. You are picking your response as the human uh, you're interfacing with is finishing their thought. Right. You've, yeah. you've, you've decided halfway through their question to you, uh, and, and I, 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 I don't know. That's that's a, that was a very, and I think that's a that's a thumbs up to Telltale Games and like, uh, I'm sorry you guys went out of business because I believe there is passion over there for storytelling. Right. Yeah. Um, and then just on a super like uh, engineering level. I thought whoever was storyboarding, uh, like um, at the point in the uh, in the nether, um, yes. on the minecart tracks, I was like whoever whoever like directed this, whoever kind of coordinated the action of this, they really cared. They really, and I felt like they also kind of liked Minecraft. And, and, and it made me go like, God, I'd really love to see a Minecraft movie. Um, the, the, it could be so cool, like like this this uh, visual palette and like yeah, the idea of like a minecart track going through the Nether and like uh, all the stuff like I and and that was because some a whole huge team of people that were like storyboarding and stuff. I think they were taking a lot of pride in their work and doing a good job. Yeah. Uh, all right. So what, wait, what was your wait, score? Yeah, what was it? Oh, your score? oh, oh, I, I mean, 1.0 because <laughs> right. I just, 
Yeah, I bought lumber after I played it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, those were our thoughts on Minecraft story mode. But hey, Heather, maybe we're wrong. Maybe we're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we're going to read some reviews from people who had different opinions. Uh, Heather, you go first. I've, I've got something. Uh, this is so, okay. My reviews are a little all over the place. Uh, and I just want to say that this one, um, this is a negative review for the wrong reasons. So I wanted to share it. Uh, only reviewing some of the word choices used, not gameplay. Oh one star three years ago. JD Uprights. This is a review coming from a parent who's reviewing only what I am hearing. I have never played this game. I was just surprised <laughs> to hear the following being used. <laughs> Shut up. Freaking. Do we need to help these tools? Things <gasps> wow. I would never allow my kids to say. Also, an F FYI, the eight-year-old here playing with my son said he only has one more part to go, and he has the whole thing finished. So not sure what the good what good the game will be once it's finished. Again, I'm clueless, just passing this on. Wait, is that the same review? Yeah. She's got concerns about uh, the language, but then also she's, by the way, and you can't even play it a thousand times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like this one. Uh, three years ago, five stars. <laughs> I'm you, I... I am highly against the idea of Minecraft even exists. Oh, you wow. fucker. But Telltale Games puts a unique take on a game that is usually just walking into nothingness and give it life. Oh. You play as Jesse, male or female, whose day of entering Endercon is thrown way off course. When you think your only problem is your pet pig Ruben running off, <laughs> it turns into an adventure you won't forget. <laughs> This game has everything. Oh, my God. Adventure monsters, annoying but amazing mazes, hero, villains, friendships, and, of course, Ruben, the best pig ever. This guy did not get to the part with the pig. <laughs> <laughs> also, they, they think the game has everything because when they played Minecraft, their summary of it is walking into nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so they just never made a torch. <laughs> and then my final review I'd like to share is this. Is if, if you Google Minecraft story rev mode reviews, there are 1,172 reviews to go through. Uh, but my favorite is the second one that comes up <laughs> yeah. is... This is a solid, well-made tool at a reasonable price. <laughs> While not having the power of a mains grinder, it's very useful for those small jobs you can't be bothered dragging out an extension cable. Oh, no. So it's a full review of a tool. <laughs> <laughs> what did they think they were reviewing? Did you figure it out at all? A router table? An, an Einhell cordless angle grinder. <laughs> Wait, how do you know that? The, the reviews of yeah, passionate that at the end they go, thumbs up to the... <laughs> no, that's the title of it. So it's uh, Minecraft of it at its finest and Einhell cordless an angle grinder and then not what he expected and only reviewing some of the et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> Just in the middle of it. Uh, well, I have a 2018 piece from The Verge uh, for my Maybe We're Wrong. Uh, Toxic Management costs an award-winning game studio its best developers by Megan uh, Farrakhmanesh. Uh, I'm just going to read a little bit from this piece. It's a really, it's a really good piece. Uh, As Telltale became more prolific, it took on more and more simultaneous projects. One employee described a t-shirt that the studio distributed with its episode release dates as so packed that it looked like it was promoting a concert tour. To keep up with the workload, the company started rotating developers in and out of different games during the development process, sometimes in ways that employees said 
make little sense. As one former Telltale developer put it, nine women can't make a baby in one month. Focus on quality really started to develop to shift to let's just get as many episodes out as we can, the source says. (laughs) Crunch culture is well-documented epidemic in the game industry. Some former employees were reported working 14 to 18 hour days or coming in every day of the week for weeks on end. But where most developers go into crunch mode in the final months of a game leading up to its launch, they described it as constant. And then this final paragraph I'll read pertaining to this week's game. Although a skeleton crew remains, this was written while while it was still in development, although a skeleton crew remains to finish Minecraft story mode, no one The Verge spoke to sees Telltale's layoffs as anything but the end. Telltale is dead. Former employees were unsure how the remaining developers were chosen to wrap the project, which the company calls an effort to fulfill the company's obligations to its board and partners. Those still working on Minecraft story mode expect that once that project wraps, they're probably going to be laid off next. Jesus! What a fucking Maybe we're right. Yeah, 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 <laughs> oh my god! Just like a fucking, I can't imagine what a slog that must have been oh, to work on that. Gosh. I think so. We all depressing. agree. I mean, I think you can feel the yeah. the work coming off of that game, and our heart bleeds for the creatives and engineers that actually put the work in. Yeah, yeah. it was just like the only villains are some some accountant and some salesman at the top that yeah. didn't give a shit went home slept like a baby <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll pour one out for Telltale they did have some good games in their in their uh, in their collection um, hey it's time for the question block alright this is from at thump us me thump us me thump us me uh, if you could pick any media franchise to be turned into a Telltale style point and click adventure what would you choose mm. Ooh. Uh, you know what I uh, this is this is a not directly answering it, but <clears throat> my answer would be like, I just want to see an original IP. Like, I just want to yeah. see like that. That was, I feel like the thing that that was missing from uh, there is just like uh, so many of the LucasArts adventures I, I loved were just like things like yeah. uh, the secret of monkey Island or grim Fandango. Grim or, Fandango. Yeah. These were like, these were games that didn't, they just were like made up because it was some guy's idea or some yep. person's idea. And I'd like to see uh, more of that. I would have loved to have seen more of that from this studio. I wish that Nick had answered the question. <laughs> 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 you want to see you want to see Nick answering questions I, turned into a point and click. Yeah. Hmm, there must be an answer around here somewhere. Uh, no, that's not it. I, uh, so uh, I, Heather and Nick will remember that. Uh, <laughs> uh, I would want Amadeus the Telltale style oh, game. Oh fuck, that would be well, great. I, w- I want to play a Salieri, and that like one of the options is like you like you pull it off. You get Requiem, <laughs> you publish it, and everybody celebrates you. And then either like you die happy or you realize that didn't satisfy in some way but I would love Amadeus the Telltale style adventure game uh, Encyclopedia Brown um, yeah oh that'd be fun <laughs> I just like like I I I I, I, I love true crime and yeah I love uh, I love mystery stuff and I've seen a bunch of games like when I was a kid there was a game called Snooper Troopers okay. Snooper Troops I can't remember it was like on Apple 2E don't sh- sh- shrug like uh, <laughs> I just hmm. I don't know. It's just like I maybe I'm projecting, but it was like it felt like a God. How old are you, Shrug? No, no. Actually, in that moment, I was like, I think Dan and I might be almost the same age. <laughs> um, you were shrugging off. I was like, tomorrow. Oh, God, Jesus. 
<laughs> Jeez, I guess we're almost done. Um, yeah, I don't know, like a yeah, like a kid detective uh, thing, it's like so that you are. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Encyclopedia Brown. That was a big property when I was a kid. Yeah, I yeah. love it. I'm thinking of something like the Irish, uh, the Irishman, not where you are the Irishman or like Jimmy Hoffa or anything like that, but somebody who worked alongside of them, and you have to just sort of navigate through the game without getting killed by the Irishman. <laughs> so every choice you make is like, okay, that's good, but then also you're pissing off these other guys too. So it's like the choices are very, very it's tense. Ju- yeah, it's yeah. just a survive the mafia game. Yes, like, yeah. like, okay. That I, was, yeah, sorry, go on. Fucking I, I ordered spaghetti, and then this is the restaurant <laughs> where the guy was really proud of his chicken. Yeah. And is that going to be an issue? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that was the original pitch talk for the execrable Sopranos game. I worked on Sopranos Road to Respect, and the, the idea was it was going to be more of that narrative, more of that, you know, uh, verbally-based, story-based, and then THQ, the publisher, just went and was like, we just want Grand Theft Auto with Sopranos. So, like, it yeah. turned into a beat-em-up. Mm-hmm. Um, what are you going to do? Uh, all right, what's uh, what's our next question? This one's from at Blaine Train. We've seen a resurgence of point-and-click uh, in, in recent years, but it hasn't really garnered the following it previously held. What needs to change with the genre to bring it back in a big way, if at all possible? It's always been a niche genre, right? Has it ever been like a big, you know, dominant genre at any point in gaming history? Would you argue that when point and click was in its golden years, that arcade games were more popular and thus it was niche? Because it was yeah, one it of been. the few things that you could play at home. Like a King's Quest game is basically a point and click game, right? No, for sure. Yeah, that that's that's uh, absolutely as as would be missed, right? Right. Yeah. Like so. It was oh, a, I guess that it was, was it, a trade off yeah. of like graphics, like things could look as beautiful as a painting, mm-hmm. but you're pointing and clicking. Um, yeah, graphic. I mean, gra- as someone who played a lot of graphic adventures, like Mist was one that was like kind of frowned upon by people in the who like love that genre because that was the one that was like that made a bunch of. It was too interactive. It was too, well, it was too mainstream, <laughs> it was too, I think. Too, yeah. too first-person shooter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> so, were, like, walking down a path. Right, yeah. And and that was the game that, like, my dad, who's not a gamer, played. Because he was like, oh, Mist, it, this looks cool, you know? So, I, yeah, I, I don't know. It's it kind of always had been a niche genre, in my opinion. And for that matter, are those... Uh, those escape room games, oh. um, the room, the room one, the room two, the room three, are those point and click? Because, you know, iOS mm. games, like, right. um, are, is that, uh, if there's a resurgence of point and click, wouldn't it be because now we have touchscreen devices? Yeah. yeah. It, people thought that might usher in a, in a renaissance, and I still think there are people like, like to play just like puzzle games with their phones. I you think know? it's writing. I think if you wrote like some fucking mind. I think I think if you wrote an incredible point and click adventure, it would drive traffic to the genre. Mm. Well, I think if you look at the room and missed, and I'm sorry, my spectrum is limited to that. And there's, a, but but like, those are point and click games, if you can call them that, that I've enjoyed. Sure. And um, I, to me, then the secret is, um, it, uh, the opposite of the feeling of futility. Like uh, when the standard is like having a character standing in a room. And it's like then there's just background noise. Well, and there's this big giant room full of shit. And then you keep like clicking on shit. And right. And ninety percent of the responses are, uh, uh, "What do you mean? You want me to touch that? Fuck you! Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd need a wrench for that. Yeah. Hey, eat my dick. <laughs> and you're kind of like, this is my life outside of this. And so to me, like point and click, like missed kind of conquered that because Mm. it wasn't constant negative feedback. Right. Mm. It was positive feedback or no feedback at all. Mm. And 
And I would put the room games in that category too. You zoom in on the desk and then you start fiddling with the Rolodex or you start dialing a thing. And then I, all of a sudden, click, clang, clang, you know, and you look at a photo. I, that to me, I think it's the, the, the lost art, I think, is ratio of positive to negative feedback. Mm. There, I'll go, I got there eventually. <laughs> my, my answer was point and click. <laughs> Uh, let's get one more question. Okay, this one's from at Adrian Skira. What other games would you like to see as a different genre from what it was originally? Example, like Final Fantasy as a fighting game, a.k.a. Dissidia. Didn't you have like a karaoke fighting game? I did. That was my big pitch was that a karaoke Street Fighter would be really, really fun where you have to, yeah. in order to punch, to land a punch, <laughs> you have to hit, you have to get the words correct. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A genre from what it was originally. Um... Uh, I will. I will say that we had there. There was a uh, there was a Kotaku piece that came out as of this, like the same week as this record. It will be a little dated by the time this episode comes out. But it was talking about this upcoming indie game um, that's uh, called Super Mash. Yes, uh, where which is a a, a platformer. Uh, you know, you do like a platformer with stealth elements or a shoot 'em up with JRPG battles. You you get to mash up different genres and see how that like manifests itself as a game. I just thought that was a really cool concept. Uh, I don't I don't like like I really like Mario gets to do so much shit. I'm trying to think of something he hasn't gotten to do. I did lo- I did really love the Mario RPGs, so I, that almost makes me think I'd like to see a Sonic RPG, like just a JRPG with oh, Sonic sh- and his shitty friends. I mean, and like I, that just feels like a really fun world to explore. It's a nightmare. What you the worst? I just love to see any 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 classic platformer or top-down game like Mario or Pac-Man as a as a first-person RPG. Oh yeah, just go like. But the there hasn't been like an a Mario uh, first person, not first person now, like where you're whack because like that idea of like yeah you go to a village it's just a, you know just like doing the Skyrim of Mario games <laughs> <laughs> and taking it very seriously that you're this Italian plumber that like oh yeah, I go down pipes and then I like I need to get this flower or this mushroom or whatever but right. it's just people talking to you and it's like very <laughs> like dramatic and like uh, arced out or Pac Man in the same way that you're just this thing that eats dots <laughs> in a maze but like you're it's all about like upgrading your character and like you're in this like s- station between like you upgrading your Pac-Man before you go out and fight these ghosts right. in this maze who's like souls you have to release it's like got like some like dark element in terms of what they are exactly. I, I think it would be... <laughs> yeah, why are they ghosts? Yeah. Why, why, what, what unfinished business did they have? <laughs> were they were they your ghosts? Are they Pac-Man ghosts? I think it would be great to, to do what you've just said, but have Pac-Man as is exist in the world of Skyrim <laughs> and have everybody wrestle with it when it... Like, just the concept of it coming into the village. Like, all dialogue yeah. trees are like, what are you? <laughs> what just, do you want? You're describing the made for TV miniseries of Langoliers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, where uh, uh, it was basically Branson Pinchot, uh, a.k.a. Balky from Perfect Strangers on an airplane going, what is that? And Pac-Man came over the horizon and ate everything. <laughs> uh, great part one, part two, when they had the really, really bad early CG 
for TV quality CG comes in is yeah, it kind They're of falls apart. They look like Pac-Man. They do look like Pac-Man <laughs> eating the sky. It's very strange. Uh, hey, hit us up with your questions or comments at Get Played Pod on social media or GetPlayedPod at gmail.com is our email address. Dan Harmon, thank you for playing Minecraft Story Mode. Thank you for joining us today. Thank uh, you any, so much. Anything you would like Fuck to plug? Both of you for making. <laughs> But I understand. I, I, my flashback is to having Heather on my show and, and and going like, it sounds like you have the best job in the world. And she's like, no, we regret it. <laughs> and I, 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 so I appreciate learning how the other half lives. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't have anything to plug. I'm, I'm retired. I'm going to glue wood together in my garage. <laughs> uh, Matt, what's next week's game? Uh, next week's game is Death Stranding. That sounds great. I can't wait to play oh, it. I can't, I, Hell yeah. It's, I can't. I, can't I love building uh, stuff. I love delivering. Hey, great episode, Heather. Oh, thanks, Nick. I thought you did a good job. Good job, eh? Yeah. Nick will remember that. What? What the? What? I don't know. I just said great, great episode. You no, said, I mean, like, job. I heard your voice say that Nick will remember what I said. Mm-hmm. Was that out loud or was that in my head? Uh, it was out loud. Well, I really thought you did a good job. Okay. Wait, what? Matt will remember that. Matt, why Matt? Why is Matt? Didn't you think I did a good job too? Is that a choice you're giving? Yes, I thought you did, did a great job. You <laughs> both did great jobs. This was a good show. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> but we did our best. <laughs> Heather will remember that. <laughs> <laughs> 